This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Sugar, Silk and Stretch, a unique boxing podcast brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. My name is Ben Doughty. And my name is Michael Silk Olajide. How you doing? Well, ben? Silk. Yeah, I'm good. All the better for seeing you. Is was the stock token line for sad men in in um standing on their own in a pub in a British pub to the attractive young barmaid. That was the the token line. So. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I know you're a music guy, so I want to see. You know, I come out. You know, themed. Sir, I have a certain theme today, so I'm going to test you with this theme before we go. If you know this song, because you're, you know, you're, you're a music guy. I know you're really good. So, all right. So, hold on one second. And the hint is in what I'm wearing. Let me see. That's Cat. It's Cat Stevens, right? It's not Cat Stevens, no. But I, I understand this. I, I know the song "The Year of the Cat." It's like a, it's a seventies band, right? Al Stewart, yeah. Okay, yeah. Not bad. I mean, so what? Middling. Yeah. I just thought I would throw something out there too. You know what I mean? Kind of like, uh, we got like a cat themed flavor today. You know. I, well, I, I just the- like drilling you on stuff like that because I uh, usually I get uh, interesting answers when we're not on okay. air. Like, well, how is it a cat theme show? Explain that to me. Well, no, you don't see it. <clears throat> what is it? The iPad, iPad? Bro. Oh, cool! I got it! I got it! I got it! Yeah, so it's, it's like a it's like a like a puma or something, <laughs> right? I mean, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? No? I can see it now, yeah. But what? So what is that? Your is that your new? What, what, what did you think it was? Please tell me. I you just saw a silver eye patch that looked like it had an elaborate design initially, oh. but now you've drawn my attention to it. I can see what it is. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we know you didn't excel as an art major, I guess. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> didn't really excel as in anything major, you know. Truth be told, but um, 
Listen, Silk, okay. This we've taken this opportunity um to make this our preview of the Joshua Ngannou fight, which takes place next Friday in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And um see, I already know where you what, what you're feeling on this one and you you're reasonably confident, but I know a lot of boxing stalwarts who are kind of worried for Anthony Joshua. I know Frank Lotierza, for instance, said the last kind of guy he needs is a guy, a granite chin, a monstrous puncher who's that strong, regardless of this particular combat discipline, and the guy who's got nothing to lose. But then on Friday night, you said, no, he does have something to lose. Before we even get to there, let's don't forget with that what the statement that you said, because we will revisit it. But what is what is strength in boxing, and how is that even an attribute? That's how that's what I'd like. Well, to see you, 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 you won't have this, and that's why you don't think weight's important, and why. Ain't no way in the world I don't think Michael Spinks didn't need to, didn't help him to gain twenty five pounds of muscle before he fought Larry Holmes. But let's yeah, not. But that's let's, not that's not the question. I'm saying strength and how does it an attribute in the boxing room? Well, it's different to power, of course. So I think physic boxing is still physical as much as it's skills based. It is physical, and I think somebody um, making his physical presence known in the ring and pushing you around and like you said. When you when you become physical and when you hold each other in the early days, right? You look at early twentieth century boxing. All they seemed to do was clinch. You know, uh, mm-hmm. half the time, maybe the, the uh, cinematography wasn't as sophisticated. But <clears throat> you feel a guy's strength in there, right? I mean, if somebody said to you, "Who's the strongest guy you ever fought?" What what would you come back to them with? I, I don't know if I could if I could really qualify that um... because you've never you've never been in the ring with a guy you thought, "God damn, this guy's strong." You didn't feel that way. I've been I've been in with heavier guys and tried to move them. You know what I mean? You're on you're on the inside with them and you're trying to uh, turn. How do you feel about like Aaron Barkley, for instance? Well, I mean, look, like I've worked like Aaron Barkley was. We fought at a distance, so his strength didn't. You know what I mean? He was a. It looked like he was muscling you around. So you know, you know the term out muscled. It's a it's a famous no, no, in boxing. But he didn't out muscle me. It was the fight that I chose to fight. He didn't. Make I didn't say out muscled you. What I'm saying is, do you accept that concept or not? Because that's a that's a well known phrase in boxing, right? Out muscled. It's it's gone out of fashion a bit in this era. But you, you're yeah. pretty familiar with it, of course. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely familiar with it. I don't think. No, I mean, if you're fighting a mauler, somebody like Iran is not a not a mauler. He's he's, Iran he's not as skilled as you were, but but, but he still beat you. He is, but if you but if you don't realize what your advantages are, or if you don't take advantage of your advantages, then somebody like Aaron Barkley can definitely get over. Now he has the ability, like he's he's strong in terms of like being able to absorb. He's he's very like he's thick bones. He's got, like strong. I don't know what you, what you want to call it. the way he's built. He can absorb. You can absorb your punches. Like, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of muscle that, that covers nerves and you have to hit him a certain way to really, you know what I mean, to get to him. But, yeah. I, but I, I don't believe, like, I mean, I fought, I sparred with Murky Sosa, for instance, and he's a big guy and he's physically strong on the inside. He'll mm-hmm. he'll pick you up. But these are things that aren't allowed during the fight. So it's it is a matter of skill and it isn't, necessarily a matter of strength what you can bench press what you could lift what you can no don't get me wrong i think that kind of strength is irrelevant which you know when you get them big rugby player or doorman types who come to the gym and they fancy a guy boxing they're always meat for the roast right so because they just can't handle quick live athletic boxers exactly Uh, and they think they probably can some of them when they Mm -hmm. when they enter into that environment but Mm -hmm. you know see 
you I hope you understand I don't disagree with you the um the spirit of many of the things you say when I think I agree with you that size is overrated in boxing and the good big and always beats a good little one is a lazy axiom I agree and I agree that um that reach can possibly be overrated some of the time as well and I'm open for all the other things which are outside the box like say and maybe the jab is slightly overstated in some cases by some coaches but I do, I do think size and strength is some kind of factor. Certainly, size and the, and power is another equation, right? Power is a different thing. Yes, but different. Um, what was I going to say? There was something that you just said that brought to mind something in particular. What? Fury supposedly said, "You can say what you want about Ngannou being a novice and and how he embarrassed me because he's never had a, he never had a, a professional boxing match before." He said, "But that guy is so unbelievably strong, you wouldn't believe it." Supposedly, those words came from Fury's mouth. Okay, but what does he mean by strong? Like, he's able to absorb his punches? Like, Keep coming forward, apparently impervious to maybe shots that you're throwing. Um, is that what strength is? Because there's, there's, a, there's a, I understand, yes, there's obviously a mental strength that's extremely pertinent to uh, a boxer. You know what I mean? Like, the emotional, the psychological strength is very important. The physical strength is, I think, a lot more, I don't know, rudimentary, not really as relevant in, in boxing. Like, well, what are we talking about? When we mental strength or physical strength? Do you know what? I don't know how relevant this is. Um, and you start, well, when did you first start boxing? What, how, how old were you when you had your first fight? Uh, I was, uh, my first fight, I think I was 16, something like that. Okay, so I was only 11, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I continued boxing all the way through to into adulthood as an amateur. Um, now, sometimes as a kid, I felt some lads were too strong for me at a certain time. Occasionally, I never f remember thinking anyone was too strong for me when I was an adult. You know, boxing in my in my weight division. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that is what I don't know what that says or whether it's yeah. Irrelevant, I, I, I think I think what you what you mean is like they are too good or too different. Or... They were no way too good. They were not too good. Absolutely not. I just felt a couple of lads <laughs> were too strong. You said they were too strong. That's because they were aggressive and you couldn't keep them off you. or you, But you didn't have the knowledge to keep them off you. Maybe that's what it was. You know what I mean? It's, it's, all, about, it's all about that knowledge. Like I've sparred with Vito Antifermo was what a lot of people would say is a very strong guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Mustafa Hamshow, you know, I moved with him as well. People would say he's a, a very strong guy. But when they say that, do they mean resilient? Because they are that they're extremely resilient in that way, and and um, you know, well, you guy like Steve Collins is strong. He'll, he'll he'll push you back. He's not a huge puncher. Tommy Hearns is a is a harder puncher than than Steve Collins. But Steve Collins was was phenomenally strong and acknowledged as such by his opponents. Some of it is durability. Some of it is physical strength. When fighters collide and when fighters meet and when fighters have to jostle each other, which does happen. I don't care how long you how much you box a distance. That does constantly go on where you're in the ring with somebody. Unless unless you're putting so much distance between him and you, like Hector Camacho versus Jose Luis Ramirez or something. You know what I mean? Then mm -hmm. that becomes something that you feel in a fight. Uh, you know, to the boxer, to the boxer when he's fighting somebody who's like a mauler, and if they let him in uh, and let them fight his kind of fight, it does feel like this person's like sapping your strength because you're not doing something that's usual to you. George Foreman. I mean, you know, when you're George Foreman, Foreman, yeah. Just... Yeah, he's... So... Yeah, yeah, it's hard. I mean, look, George was um, in, in his first, first incarnation, he was... 
absolutely stronger. Uh, uh, not stronger, but he was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In the first half of his career, because then he was in the second half. Like he, the first half, he was about that youth and the power and all the rest of that kind of stuff. The second time he came back in the second half of his career, uh, you know, allowed him to win two, you know, win the world title like with two generations after his prime. Mm-hmm. But that was the skill, right? That wasn't the strength. When he came back, his skill allowed him to win the world title. He had gamesmanship at that point. He knew what worked for him. I think some of it is self-knowledge, Michael. And you tried off what you you hinted at this recently with Duran. There's a trade-off somewhere between your supposed physical prime as measurable by certain performances and statistics or whatever, and your actual prime in terms of knowing yourself so well. Self-knowledge and those old that old man self-knowledge in the ring is a very important factor because mm-hmm. you suddenly understand, perhaps you understand your limitations better as well as your strengths and your mm-hmm. skills. Foreman had a real much better knowledge of, of himself and what he did well in his second career, I think. Well, and and But the, his level of skill was way like night and day if you look at him like when he beat jerry cooney or he beat any of these guys like look what he did with like the way he fainted with the with the, with yeah. the right of the left and then left, he uppercut. The left uppercut to knock i mean he did that with many guys and it was like incredible what he and did he wasn't picking shots like that against joe fraser in 1973 no. at all he was no. doing what ali said he was doing what ali said about what's that coming left he's coming right um, yeah it, it was another yeah. I think, and I don't think this stuff gets discussed enough. Enough. That's what I'm saying. He was consumed with power, and he wasn't, and he wasn't doing the technical stuff. And he tried to overpower Ali the same way. You didn't see complex combinations from him. You didn't see him hooking off the jab. You know, you didn't see him catching and firing. But in the second half of his career, you absolutely saw that. And and yeah. um, and 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 in reverse for Ali. Now Ali came out when he in the first half of his career, he was like heavily like his skill was on another, you know, planet altogether. But the second half of his career, everyone thought he was this uh, whimsical kind of like light. As soon as he had a bag of hot air, as soon as someone puts the pressure on him, he's going to fold. In the second half of all his career, he showed, I, I, I guess, he was. Was strength or resiliency. Or like like uh, he showed a, he showed a different. Yeah, it, he was mercurial in the 60s. He was mercurial in the 60s. In the 70s, he showed you how strong, wise, and tough he was and how adaptable he was. And still some flashes of the old genius and brilliance, which, you know, from the trademark um, yeah. brand, you know. But, yeah, uh, but he gutted out a lot more than, uh, but, you know what I mean? And he did. So let's get back to the um, Joshua and Ganu yes. scenario, which is less than a week away. So why did, in your opinion, why did... Ngannou give Fury so much trouble because I've always believed you get a, a novice from another, you know, a relative, a boxing novice from another combat sport, however highly regarded he is in that particular combat discipline. I've always thought a boxer would absolutely own him. We saw it with Mayweather and McGregor. I can't really remember too many other instances, but, mm-hmm. but there's been other cases in history. Um, and then suddenly what unfolds is quite an interesting um, tussle, uh, which Fury just about escapes from with a with a, with a deserved but very razor thin verdict that was the way I saw it. So why do you think that went down the way it did? Uh, I think we give number one. We give way far too much credit to the skill of Fury than he really has and owns. I mean, I think that. So was why has Fury achieved what he's achieved? Well, I think he's achieved what he's achieved through 
listen, Fury does a lot of things that are good. You know what I mean? I think, I think, you know, his bluster, I think that helps. It throws a lot of fighters off that just they, like that. I'm not saying what I am saying is he isn't the most skilled guy, but the guys that he's fighting in the division aren't the most skilled guys either. No, because we don't we don't live in the greatest era, no matter what. Exactly, and because yes, and and because the competition is the air is thin, the guy uh, the competition is thin. The guy who's at the top, he's not going to be up to par with you know the pastime greats as well, or even part-time exceptionals. You know, don't you? I mean, you know full well Montel Montel Griffin is convinced that nobody beats Fury just because he's two hundred and seventy odd pounds, and he will not deviate from that. He will not. No, he won't uh, listen. Yeah, but you know what they say: a hard head leads to a soft ass, and that's always, yeah. you know. I mean, I th- I think that listen, you there are things that there are attributes that Fury has which are admirable, and you know his heart for one, and his ability to absorb, and his and his willingness to fight, and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But if we're talking about skills, I think I think he's pretty predictable in a lot of ways. Like he has a He'll come out and he'll faint a lot and he'll get like fighters, fighters who have already had fighters who are experienced, guys who've had enough fights. And this is interesting with the Angano thing here. Guys who've had fights and it looks like and, and so when Fury starts fainting them, they're expecting something to come. So they freeze. And they get too tense and they don't know what to do. They're, they're not experienced enough to block, counter, whatever it is. Yeah. And Ganu, he comes out and he does the same thing with Ngannou. He's like, this all, you know what I mean? And Ganu's not panicking because he doesn't know that's what you're supposed to do. And so all of a sudden that that anticipation that that the real boxers have when because uh, Fury is fainting them. So they're like, oh, I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm expecting something to come and nothing's coming behind it. And then it comes. Okay. But the guys who, when, when, when Nganu's doing that, when he's Fury's doing that to Nganu, Nganu's like, I don't even know what that is. I'm just going to punch. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's, it's irrelevant to the fight. So how does that go down? Because you, you seem to think Anthony Joshua is going to do a much better job. That, I believe that's what you think. Yeah, he really should. He really should. I Because I, I think that he's, He's a different type of fighter. He's he's than Fury is. He's not about the smoke and mirrors, and he's just about like just he does a basic foundational job of boxing. Like he'll come in with a strong jab, he'll follow it up with the right at the right time. And, you said and, he's very programmed, almost robotic. Is I think exactly it's yes, yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think this kind of fighter is not something Ngannou is going to be able to do something. Because Nganu also doesn't have like the, the greatest punching range. Like he doesn't have he doesn't hook off the jab. He everything's predictable. There's the left and there's the, like his timing is good. Sure, okay, it must be good, right? Uh, and he and he and he punches like he's very again very basic in in his um in the spectrum of complex combination punching or he or even the two punch combination. Saj Ali says, Michael, could it also be the case that Ngannou, being used to expecting kicks and throws, he didn't panic because he knew there were only punches, you know, worst case scenario. And that's what a lot of MMA guys have suggested, that it's because the, you're not worried about punches per se, uh, or it's not your only concern. But the thing is, uh, and that's the thing with boxing, and, and even in MMA, the most knockouts come from the hands. Like, they, they do. don't come from the feet, and they don't come from 
choking guys out and stuff like that. So I, so I think it is, um, you know, uh, as it is, as, as it is a salient point at the same time is kind of like, eh, no. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the, the other factors that have been cited is that Fury took him lightly, didn't train. However much he said he trained and had a hard 15-week camp or whatever he said, with the fact that he had he had a small community of fat living in it. In, in, that actually had its own, you know, its own nation. Hasn't he claimed. always? Huh? When hasn't, when hasn't he? But he, but he looked especially out of shape against Ngannou. You know, when you look at those, people call them love handles, right? They weren't really love handles so much as they were separate kind of like provinces that had their own sovereignty you know pretty much um yeah so well, people, people say still, so again Sorry? what did you say first i said even still you know as far as i'm concerned you know even if he he should have been able to batter him around for like four rounds like like the the skill the disparity is that wide that he should have been it shouldn't have been an issue and I think what I think maybe what Tyson Fury did is maybe he psyched himself out. Maybe going into the fight, and this is what happens often, often with boxing that people don't see. The, the the fans don't see it, the refs don't see it, your cornermen don't see it. But there's a psychological advantage when all of a sudden you see your opponent, and and you and and there's this realization that this is something more than I thought it was going to be. And psychologically, there's like, maybe there's this, um, he kind of... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He kind of realized, you know what? This guy's for real, and and maybe uh, he is going to give me an issue, or he's he's he's. I don't know. It's just an acknowledgement. It's an acknowledgement of Nganu when he should have had no acknowledgement at all. He should have just went in there. To do the job, all of a sudden on the on the day of, he was like, "Oh, I, I maybe I should have prepared better." And then he starts thinking, he starts rolling it back, and he's and he's starting to think he's becoming less confident because of that. Like he outsikes him, he outsiked himself in a way. Like if he went in there and like I, when I looked at the fight, I don't think he threw a lot of punches coming out. So how could he test Ngannou? Like boxing, you have to use your hands. You have to test out the waters with your hands. Is he? Does he know how to block? Does he know how to slip? Does he any of that? Ngana was blocking. That seemed to be part his chief defensive uh, attribute was he was blocking with long parries. You know when you put, extend your hands and you take the punches out yeah. um, before they arrive at you. Um, yeah. That yeah. seemed to be a lot of what Ngana was doing from from an orthodox and a southpaw stance. He was parrying with long parries. And, yeah. You know, yeah, but but you know, but and that's a mature fighter or or an experienced fighter like like he is, he, like Fury is. He should be able to counter that. Like okay, yeah. so, so he's catching my punch out here. Yeah, so the jab and come over with the hook. I mean, come thank on. you. 
This isn't. This isn't. They this. call it second phase, I believe. When they talk about second phase counterpunch or whatever, the first <laughs> phase, you let him block those shots. You know, yeah. whenever the scouting report, and then you, then you, you change the range. That's what things are all about, and and there's all sorts of, you know what I mean. There, there are all sorts of uh, different ways to get through that kind of defense, and um, I, I know. I think that's just another thing that showed. His, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say lack of ability or lack of knowledge, or maybe his cornerman didn't tell him that. I, somebody didn't, somebody dropped the ball. Somebody wasn't taking, you know, the, uh, you know, not taking him seriously is an important part of it as well. But I, I, I think he should have been able to suck that up like a champion, like and you and you want to be considered one of the greats. Come on, no. Yeah, I, I actually think it's very legacy damning. As things yes. stand, but he still, but 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 he he still has some cards to play, of course, including the the Usyk fight on May the eighteenth, assuming it doesn't fall out again. But yeah. um, I don't Joshua, think he can come back from it. For me, he can't come back with it from that performance. He can't get out of jail with you. You're just like, well, that you show me who you are. By the way, Silk, please forgive me for being the only one on this team with production values, but sometimes you're light and you're lit up great as you should be, as a man as photogenic as yourself, and then you go dark. And I'm wondering why that is. Can we just get the? Thank you. There's the light silk. There's the light. There's the dark silk. The there's the light silk. Can I? Can I have that all the time, please? And the ladies and gentlemen at home. Mm. No, dark, hey, it, dark. Might be, it might be. It might be. There, just be my there, energy. There. That is. That is the one we want. That is your face in all its glory. That it's gone dark again. Just yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. I don't understand why it's going light dark. It's like night and day, really accelerated. You know, constantly flickering right. back and forth. You know what? I've I've registered my concerns. Let's let's move on in case people get bored hearing me scold you about the presentation side of this wonderful show. So listen, but if Anthony Joshua, I I, I captioned this show is Asia on the verge of career suicide. Now it's a little dramatic and a little clickbait, but I think it's pretty damning if he does lose, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If he loses, even if it's a, a very difficult fight, I mean. Yes, Nganu is, you have to give him his props for, you know, for whatever he's capable of doing in this fight. And and even the fact that he's willing to step in and do this. How many people would willingly step in against a, a former heavy, world heavyweight champion and, and still, like, legitimately campaigning for the heavyweight title and the heavyweight champion himself? And, you know, back-to-back -back with no former – with no – prior professional boxing experience that's insane that he it's insane it really is i just want to pick up on this comment ellen brom uh, ellen bromson has asked what and is sydney street saying i've only just noticed a comment sydney street is saying aj's boxing persona of the nice guy was always fake he was always he was this doesn't make grammatical sense but he says he was ans is he always the roadman boxer if he had gone with that persona his mental state would be healthier if he loses to Nganu. I don't fully understand what he's saying myself, Ellen, but you asked what a roadman boxer is. It means a, a street guy. In America, you say a street guy. When we say roadman here, we mean he's somebody who runs with a gang. You know, so, so it might be someone who sells drugs or is involved in little bits of skullduggery or gang-affiliated or he lives on the street by the codes of the street. That's a roadman. Yeah. But I think um, what he's trying to establish is that he's he's a rough, he's like a street fighter more than anything. Because AJ AJ came from that kind of background where you know he he went to prison briefly. He was on remand actually for Wait, possession did. of Anthony Joshua. Huh? Anthony Joshua went to prison. 
Well, uh, if you let me explain it, yeah, he was on remand. He didn't actually get um, he didn't actually get sentenced, but he was on remand for a little while in in one of those well known nicks in in London, Greater London area for selling weed, you know, um, oh. marijuana, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he he said that when he broke down when he had that funny episode against Usyk where he threw the belts out of the ring or one of the yeah. belts out of the ring, and he said, you know, oh, I only ever started boxing because I was on remand and I. I thought, if I get sentenced, I want to know how to fight. And he said that was a turning point in his life. It was quite a garbled, emotional, confused message. But that was... He basically kind of said, this isn't me. And this this kind of clothes horse and role model and everything else they've made me. I'm just Anthony Joshua, who nearly nearly did a bit of bird for, for shot in weed. And I found myself, you know, athletically gifted in a certain area. And I ran with it. But I don't want all this pressure. And... And I don't care for it. And, it, you know, what Sydney has alluded to is how much he's changed his persona from the, from the good time days and the days of innocence are over when he was always very <laughs> gregarious and articulate and deferential and, you know, like a politician almost, Anthony Joshua. Now he wears this more terse street face as if to say, I don't need your, I don't need you, man. I don't, and I don't, I don't care for you, you know, journalists and, and maybe even fans sometimes, you know, I mean, there was a, story a couple of years ago where he accosted some university students who were who were cat calling out the window to him and giving him some stick about one of his one of his recent fights whatever it was it may have even been Andy Ruiz the first one and he's supposed to have gone into this dorm and kind of enlivened them up a bit and told them to watch their mouths which I think is pretty cool but but people were saying that Anthony has been increasingly more truculent in the last couple of years and yeah. his mentality has well, changed. He can do that now. He can do that now because of the success he has. I mean, he has a financial pillow that's pretty significant. And so you don't have to watch your words as much anymore. You don't really care about what people say. And then and and, and then also it's been just because of like he's just spent so much time at that in the, at that level being admired all the rest of that kind of stuff. It's almost like um human beings are, after a certain amount of success were set to implode. And we don't care as much anymore what people think. You just get tired of the repetition. Um, well, Mike Tyson had that very much that story. Tyson's PR was absolutely on point in the early days, and he was such a charmer. And then he became this kind of freak show, distrusting, mm-hmm. you know, bad guy, you know, in yeah. people's minds. Simon, Simon has asked us, fellas, what's your take on the sports credibility of if Ngannou wins? Will it be bad or will it not make that much difference? Um, how will you feel, Silk? Well, I've always felt the heavyweight division was extremely weak. I, I think it's the weakest it's probably ever been in its history, uh, with the exception of, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't think there's really like somebody with the vanguard. Like there, there isn't that one fighter that had that is a pure boxer that's like that's overseeing the whole thing. It's like we we just don't have maybe maybe it's because you don't have that that you um, American Olympic heavyweight. That I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh my god! But I mean, that that was really the vanguard for that was the guy who protected the gate. You know, and, what and I mean? also, and whether it was an Olympic champion or not, you had that wonderful tradition for several Olympiads running from uh, Patterson to um, Cassius Clay to Joe Fraser and George Foreman, yes, and, and so on. Uh, but and that 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 just seemed to be the most iconic progression that we've had in the sport. Yeah. But even before those days and after those days, Michael. You can't get away from the fact that the heavyweight, the, the heavyweight champion of the world, it was the real Mister America spot back in the day, and he had that kind of importance and stature, and a majesty of a statesman. You know, um, whereas mm-hmm. these days they just don't have that. Part of it is because of the uh, title proliferation and the le- the less 
the lack of faith you can have in the sanctioning bodies and who actually calls somebody and, and, and hails somebody a champion. Um, and some of it is because of the way they demystify themselves on social media so much. Yeah, you know. I, I always think, Ben, I always think it's about ability, what it comes down to. And and you know what? None of these guys are just, they're just not impressive. It's not like they're, like you look at some of the guys that were heavyweights. You look at Ali, you look at Foreman. I mean, these guys, you look at Holyfield, you look at Tyson. They're physically Larry impressive. Holmes. Larry Holmes, Ken Norton, whatever. You know what I mean? If you don't say Ken Norton, but you look at them and you're physically impressed. You're like, these guys really went through something to get to what they got. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, so so visually, this means something to a person who's the non-boxer. When they look at something and they see it physically so impressive, that really makes everything stand out. Because okay, I get it. Look at him; he's scary to me. But when you see, you know what I mean? You, I mean, you look at Tyson Fury and you see like all this around the middle and Anthony Ruiz or sorry Ruiz. Um, you look at it, yeah, and 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 you're you're just not physically impressed. So you're kind of like, I don't get it. How do you? Well, you know to, what? How do you get to be the world champion without showing the dedication of? A champion, because that's what your body is telling. That's what your, yeah. but your image is talking to people, and it's saying, you know what, I'm doing this half-assed. If I, if you sacrifice, it's, it's like doing a, it's that. like doing a podcast where you keep going dark all the time. Like you say, it's just not. You've got to communicate with the people. Stay light. <laughs> um, do you know what? It's. I always remember thinking um, when Fury. You remember when he uh, gate crashed that? Well, he didn't gate crash. It was his press conference. But you remember when he arrived late in that yellow kind of funny uh, mobile dressed as Batman for the Klitschko fight. Remember that? No. You never saw it. He no. turned up as Batman. Like, I mean, in full Batman regalia. <laughs> but he was in a he was in a yellow... It was like a Batmobile, but it was yellow. But it was some really strange low to the... Like a Pink Panther car, but it was yellow, okay? Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. came out with this... The top goes like... And yeah. out comes Batman. You know, shouting the odds, saying what he and he's got the Joker with him too. He had a Joker with him too, and he started wrestling around with him, and he was shouting. He said because he said to Klitschko, "That's what you are, a Joker, fucking Joker." But and I remember thinking two things: one, it was hilarious and kind of cool, and secondly, I could not imagine Sonny Liston or Joe Lewis or Rocky Marciano doing that. And you start to ask yourself, what has become? of these people that used to be icons and the, the true icons of the century of moving pictures. And now they're just different, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. But I want to jump back for a second because you said something about when did Anthony Joshua start boxing? He was about 18 and 19. So 18, I think. Oh, okay. So that but is... he was on remand in, in Reading jail. I think, I think somebody told him it was Reading. Okay. Reading well, that jail, explains which... a lot. That, that explains a lot. And, and because, he doesn't have the pedigree, the deep amateur pedigree, the experience. That's why he's incomplete. And he needs somebody that that can fill in those holes. That makes him that that allows him to become, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why there's so many guys that the like heavyweight division is ruled by a heavyweight that isn't he's he's always kind of like he can go at any time. You never know. It's not this solid brain that uh, a guy with incredible ability yes he has advantages uh, he's naturally athletic he's powerful but you're talking about joshua but he's not got any reign of any kind because he was deposed as a champion years ago i mean we we have if you want to talk about reigns and people who who represent that and carry that baton it's it's usik and fury and we and we and they, we have not resolved that argument yet 
We need yeah, to clear and, on and, and, and Usyk, uh, who I like, and I think I like him so much because of his, his strong amateur pedigree. And and he has ability. I can look at him, and, and I see what he does, and he is the consummate boxer. Like he's – I can say – I could look at him and say, yeah, if this guy is reigning the heavyweight division and thumping everybody in it, it makes sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well and I think what I've heard from a lot of Brits who – who would like Usyk to win because they say that they they admire him as a boxer, they admire his skills and they admire his conduct. They admire his, the way he, he carries himself, you know. Yeah. Some people, Fury's obviously going to be that Marmite kind of figure, that polarising figure. Some people love Fury because of all the bombast and the Gypsy King kind of shit. Sure, and some of them cannot stand him and think the sooner that guy gets chinned or retires forever, the better. Because they yeah. feel he's done damage to boxing. You know, they think his legacy's been a negative one in terms of a little self-serving. You know what I mean? He's he does things to enrich himself, which, I mean, you can't blame boxers because for for decades and and and, and centuries they're always getting the short end of the stick. So today today it is about self-enrichment. Boxing is, but at the same time, you have to give people what they want to see. You can't just you know you can't just say like. Some people like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight because I'm not getting paid the amount of money that I need to. Well, be paid. well see, I, I, I make you right because what I think actually, fighters have got too much. The, the top fighters um, have got too much autonomy these days. They've got too much control over their careers. Yes. I think there needs to be a healthy degree of enlightened dictatorship. Yeah. Not, you know, not dictatorship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There needs to be. Don't use that word in America. Huh? Don't use that word in America. No, it's it's it, it was never popular since the days of Castro, was it? Um, it's um, you know, you know what I mean, though. There, there needs to be more kind of enlightened, integrity-based intervention with mm -hmm. the sanctioning bodies because other sports they have decrees. You can't just do what the fuck you want mm -hmm. and, and take on the competition that that suits you. You you know, we it's different though, isn't it? Because people say, you know, they talk about the the, the Premiership football in Britain and they mm -hmm. say Arsenal can't just just avoid Man United or Chelsea, but the trouble is. Man United or Chelsea or any of them, they're not going to get hit. They're not going to get punched. They're not going to get punched into a coma potentially and never wake up, are they? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that would be the argument from boxers and from boxing people and boxing fans, I suppose, is that the men risk their life in the ring and women uh, today. There's enough of them. So consequently, it's a different thing and you couldn't fault anybody for micromanaging their career and making sure they had the upside. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That would be their argument, but I don't think we agree with it. Yeah, I... I... Uh, in in a in a way, I do believe in it, but then there are some things that just have to remain in order for the sport to be legitimate, in order for for it to be accepted, in order for a person to qualify themselves and call himself a champion. You know what I mean? There's just certain yes. levels of expectancy, and and once you start getting away from that and being self-serving, like absolutely self self serving, and, and not considering the sport itself. Oh. Like well, you know, when yes, say, it's, great, it's great that you're able to eat. I love that. You're able to eat. You're able to buy your richness and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But you also want to preserve something for the people, for the fighters coming up behind you. I, and, and that's what annoys me so when you get people, when, when people criticize um, whether it's a Canelo or a Tyson Fury, like when people say, you know, Fury, they was criticized for taking the Engano fight over a more, supposedly more meaningful fight. 
And people said, you know, they cited Ali. Look what Because some people said it's the same as Ali fighting the Japanese wrestler in Oki. And then <laughs> rightfully, you know, people said no, because Ali defended his world, undisputed world heavyweight championship four times that year. And yeah. that was a little sideshow. That is forgivable. That wasn't the Did only... Could you imagine that four year. times in a... Four, defending the world title, 15 yeah. rounds. Four the times. world title as well. Not a fragment yeah. of it, Michael. Yes. Not a fragment of it, my friend. 15 so, rounds. So listen, when people said... So you know what they come back with then? The apologists. They say, yeah, I look at Ali. Couldn't fucking talk or tie his shoelaces by the time he was 40. And blah, 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 blah. So yeah. you know what I say? You know what I say? Let's just give them all our money so they don't have to fight at all. Because it's a bit nasty, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit... I hate seeing you take punches when I watch you fight Tommy Hearns or whatever. Wouldn't mm -hmm. it be nicer if we just gave all you guys all our money? Uh, you know, the ones who talk the loudest, maybe... The, that could get the most money and no one would ever have to punch each other at all because it is rather violent isn't it i'm very un unseemly do you not but, think you know what that's the nature of the sport and that's the nature of 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 life yeah. just, you know what if you don't have the ability if if you if you want to fight and you don't have the ability to fight the world's a, a lot worse yeah um, it's a lot worse for you if you, you so, know, sorry go ahead so we can't just argue forever on the side of safety or well, Floyd Mayweather, look at the position he's in. I mean, it is great that he's unassailably wealthy, has generational wealth, and he's still he's unmarked, and he appears to be undiminished. But if you're going to use that blueprint and that risk-reward thing for everything, then you may as well be something else and not a boxer. Right? The thing is, with, with Floyd, and it's it's interesting, It's it, Floyd was one of the very few, if not maybe the only one, that was absolutely able to take 100% advantage of every other fighter's investment in the sport to his benefit like people love boxing because of what they've seen i i think if you're trying to get popular if 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 floyd was the first fighter and and not ali and not sugar ray and not hearns and Hagler and sugar ray robinson and jake lamada and rocky marciano if if floyd was the first fighter i don't think uh, boxing would be generate for him would be that wealth generating, <laughs> you well, know, no, because, because no. it's entertain people want to be entertained. So, so they think it's going to be for every single fight that I've seen of Floyd's that that goes big, like um, uh, you know Pacquiao or or and he outboxes these guys and it's beautiful. It's the science. He's smart. He's intelligent. Uh, he's 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 gifted with the way he throws punches. He doesn't exchange with anybody. More power to you. That's absolutely great. But it's not like he um, he doesn't engage the opponent in the same way. He's very safety first, and that is not what's going to put people's butts in the seat. But. But he, he already had him in the seat. Uh, I see, you know, I see your point. Yeah, he, he already had them in the seat. Exactly because of because, the legacy that had been built before him. Exactly the legacy. Everyone, this is what they expect of a fight, and they say, "Okay, well, that guy's going to make him fight the way he's supposed to fight," and they can't because he is that good, obviously. And you know, the other guys didn't do their homework on on Floyd's style. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's go. Let's make our prediction on Joshua and Gamma. Then I want to talk about the chief support, which some people are looking forward to even more, which is Zile Zhang versus Joseph Parker. But so you give you give me your prediction, and I'll give you mine on Joshua and Gamma. Yeah, um, I, I would say what it should be, and if it isn't, I'm, I'm going to laugh my butt off. 
Um, I think it should be Joshua within five. I'm going for Joshua. I'm not specifying KO points. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do a, a, an Andy Ruiz two type job and stay outside and box his way to a, a I believe it's a 12 round or 12 round decision. But either way, I've got Anthony Joshua. So we're, we're in this together on this occasion with this one. Um, and we shall see in, 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 you know, in about five or six days' time. I think, I think that Joshua's power is a whole lot more real and consistent than Tyson Fury's. Absolutely. And, yeah. and when, when, when he gets hit by Joshua, the shock of being hit by a real professional boxer is going to, uh, I think... Dawn on him in a way it didn't last time. Yeah, exactly. Even the jab. Like, when he gets hit with that jab, it's not going to be a... Like, Tyson Fury's jab is very superficial. It's very, yeah. like, surface. You know what I mean? When and when Anthony Joshua throws punches, it's a different beast. It's like he's he's punching through you. And yeah. I think... Um, and I think that's going to be the difference in this. No matter what Anthony Joshua throws, it's going to have some heat behind it, and that's going to be the difference. All of a sudden, that's like that's that alarm, that's that wake up call. Like, okay, what am I doing here? But you know, he's being he's being paid handsomely for it, and you know that's cool. Okay, um, chief support is Joseph Parker, who's seen as rejuvenated now after a couple of wins, and then the the, the big deal over uh, Deontay Wilder on the Dare Reckoning card, um, versus the danger man that a lot of people are not too anxious to fight, uh, Zhele Zheng, um, who, who pretty much ruined the career of Joe Joyce until further notice. Um, yeah. I don't know where you stand on that one. Um, yeah, I'm not really so sure about either fighter, but um, I, I'm, I kind of got to go with Zhang. I, I think um, the guy's big. He's got... Uh, you know, exceptional. I don't know about exceptional, but extremely good. He, he chooses punches really he's well. Very good offensively. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's a uh, good shot selection. Yeah, I'm with you, Silk. We're, we're not disagreeing on this particular episode because I think people are reading too much in, or they're taking too much from the Parker Wilder thing. Wilder was yeah. absolutely woefully abysmal that night. <laughs> and um, do you know what I mean? And what fair play to Joseph Parker. It's still a dangerous scenario when you're in with Dylan. Well, Parker would have always done that. Parker would have always done that. Done that to Wilder. Yeah. So some people are getting really high on that. And sometimes it's literally the last thing in their memory. After he did after he stopped Joyce the first time and the second time, people were saying Zhang might be the best ever in the world and Fury was ducking him and, and he was awesome. And who's gonna fight this guy now? Whereas then they they watched Parker do that against a very Deontay Wilder could literally have been sedated during the whole fight. And um, you know, so I'm not I still remember Parker two years ago getting stopped, dominated and stopped by Joe Joyce. I know triangle theories don't work. I know styles make fights and all the rest of it. But I agree with you. I'm, I'm going with the impressive guy who, who twice destroyed Joe Joyce over the other guy who is not getting better, whatever anybody might want you to believe. Parker mm -hmm. has had a certain zenith and probably had a peak and he's still useful now. He'd have always beaten Wilder, the Wilder that turned up like that. So mm -hmm. I, I'm going with the, with the more pre obviously impressive, dangerous fighter of the two like you yes okay so we're <laughs> i'm still going to be in the lead by the time this thing goes down no you, you need to pick against me for me to catch up although the, it was interesting <laughs> wasn't it with julian mcgowan gave us our percentages you know you your screen froze it would have been funny because we said your your percentage as the leader was 75 percent so far in predictions yes. i was 62.5 and then gary typically enough came up with 69 
And I just said, oh, Gary's 69 and you froze. <laughs> we could have got a laugh out of that. We're getting this <laughs> Yeah, we certainly could have. Do you know what I mean? I want to be 69 now. I knew you'd say that. I knew your ego. I knew your, I knew your, your sexual ego would almost take a dip just for those figures, just for those magical digits. You're, you're, I'll tell you something. Truth be told, I much prefer a good 34 and a half on my side. Uh, uh, okay, you're you're doing math, and that's a little bit out of my league. Yeah, you, you're bright enough to figure that one out, though. I'll let that one hang in here. <laughs> um, I, I get where you're going. So there's one other, yeah, right. So there's one other story um, that broke today. Okay, do you remember Dylan White failing a drug test in August when he was a week before his scheduled rematch with Andy Joshua that never was? Yeah. Okay, and then he went very quiet, didn't he? You probably almost forgot he existed in the interim. Yeah, he kept his mouth shut. He let the lawyers do their thing, and he let process take its process. And it was announced today that the Texas Boxing Commission, with whom he is licensed, by the way, not the British Boxing Board of Control, they said that it was an accidental uh, ingestion of a contaminated um, supplement. They said that they didn't they didn't name the supplement. They didn't name the um, the adverse finding that you know the the contaminant but they said that the the supplement did not conclose disclose the contaminant and that there's no way or that they don't believe that white ingested it deliberately so he's cleared and free to box and uh so he's been making statements today saying he's going to thinking about suing the uh supplement manufacturers and you know people don't believe you but it, you know it's been annoying it's been it's been hurtful but but now he's back I don't even know where to start on that. So this is this is um, a U.S. company that did these supplements. The Texas, but no, the, the Texas Boxing Commission is his licensing agency. They're the ones who license him. He doesn't have a license with the British Border Control. Oh, he did. Dillian White does not. He boxes on a Texas license, like like Fury boxes on a Nevada license. Tyson. Oh, I didn't. And Nigel I didn't Ben know boxes that. on a Nevada license. Sorry. But still, if, but but if still, if he didn't, if he didn't uh pass he'd have to pass the british the bbc's codes and rules wouldn't he apparently not because it was vada that did the test i mean um, if he's fighting in england he would have to but the, the testing agency was vada which is not the one that the british Forks and border control strictly recognizes i mean they, they listen to vada but they don't they're not their official partner in drug mm -hmm. testing that is UCAD, okay Mm -hmm. This is why it's such a mess, Silk. It's so complicated. But yeah. so he's licensed by the Texas Commission. So they're the ones who looked into it, into his licensing status. And they, they have decreed that he's clear. But, you know, when um, Conor Ben was cleared by the WBC and by the UK anti-doping panel and was licensed in America, the board have still stood firm and refused to license him in this country as yet because they're not happy that he has explained those findings to their satisfaction. Quite where that leaves Dylan White, I don't know in terms of continuing his career, certainly in the UK. I do know that he's 35 years old and probably needs to get a move on. Um, yeah, he's probably pretty... Uh, so he's upset. He doesn't feel vindicated. Uh, I guess he does feel somewhat... Uh, well, he's, yeah, he, he does. But he said it's a shame because everybody... Nobody gives you the benefit of the doubt. Everybody's so quick to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know... Uh, I, don't, I just don't... I, I don't get it. I don't understand how what is how we could show up as a positive and then they i don't know how when did it happen a year ago and now all of a sudden they august august 
Okay, so yeah, August, and then and then they're saying now that it was a false negative or whatever it was. But 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 check this out. Um, he was banned in 2012 for two years, and he served that ban because yeah. he tested positive for a banned stimulant in 2012 when he was a young rookie pro. He didn't mm-hmm. have the cachet he had now. He didn't have the backup. He didn't have the resources he has today. Mm-hmm. So he just got a ban like they all do when they when they're not that important because he wasn't a big deal then. So he mm-hmm. served a two year ban. He came back in 2014 and started making more of a name for himself. And um, then in 2019, he tested positive for Dianabol, um, a well-known bodybuilding bed. It's quite retro, I believe. 70s kind of mm-hmm. popular. But, um, and then eventually, he was cleared by, I think it was UCAD. Yeah, it was UCAD who cleared him. He was cleared because, why was he cleared? Because he just served enough time or he didn't no. Like I said, no, listen, he got banned. This is the third yeah. time he's failed a drug test. This yeah, is the third that's time. Crazy. No, so, so check it out. Let's let's go with the chronology, the timeline of Dylan White's drug testing. Um, so in 2012, he got banned. He was found guilty and banned, okay? Yeah. Then in 2019, he was flagged for Diana Ball after the Oscar Rivas fight. And then he wasn't banned or suspended, but he let it play out. And after several months, they concluded that it was very low levels and it was probably an accident. And then he's just been popped again back to August. And they said that was a contaminant. It was the, it was the company's fault. Let's sue them. Oh my Lord. Uh, yeah. So it always, basically it always comes down to, um, he, very unlucky, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's extremely. I, I can't even get over. It. I can't get by it. Like when when that happens to you three times in a row. I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't. Well, it's only happened three times in twelve years, but even so, <laughs> it shouldn't happen at all, right? I mean, no, it shouldn't. Um, uh, um, but you know what was comical? You know, he was replaced by Robert Hellenius. Remember when, when he yes. was supposed to fight Joshua, and yeah. then Hellenius stepped in, had the fight, got sparked in a round. And then and then revealed an adverse finding too. So he so he tested positive after the fight as well. So they got rid of one guy who tested positive, <laughs> brought in another guy, just the same thing. Wow! wow. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? No, you couldn't. Uh, you know, I, I think it's extremely important that they keep boxing as clean as possible, especially. Um, you just you this is what you need because the 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 sport itself it's about hurting people it's not about throwing a ball faster or shooting a ball deeper or running it you know what i mean it's not about out racing somebody it's about beating a man we need uh, to be careful here though because peds make you stronger or more powerful perhaps yeah and they, they they do various things which you actually don't recognize when they're naturally present Mm-hmm. Do you see where I'm going with this? No, go for it. Talk about physical advantages, like what is strength and what is size. But PEDs, they're going to make you stronger, certainly. And you say that's relatively irrelevant. Well, they no. When you say they PEDs make you stronger, you're able to punch harder for a longer period of time. You're able sure, to yeah. your body, your body sure, will yeah. perform better. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to allow you to endure more. I don't know about that because endurance, I mean, you get hit and how do you protect the nerves? I don't know if... I think, I think they make you, they enable you to train harder. That's one big thing, I think. 
to try and yeah, but but training harder doesn't necessarily um, equate to being able to absorb more punishment. True, it, absolutely it, not. It, it allow you to endure more cardiovascular wise or muscle endurance wise, but but impact. I don't think that peds have that kind of. You know what I mean? That they have that kind of impact on the human body. Like I don't think it can stop you from getting an, a concussion. I no, I don't think it could. No, yeah, and, it, and it's not going to get you out of the way of the punch either. Exactly, but, and it's not going to stop your. It's not going to stop your eye from swelling closed or not being cut, broken nose, none of that. You know what's interesting though, because Amir Khan looked a bit suspect around the whiskers or around the temple or wherever. When uh, I mean, obviously he got sparked by Brady's Prescott, but he also um, uh, looked dodgy against uh, Willie Limond, who wasn't acknowledged as a huge puncher. And, and and so on, you know, he had problems with various guys where he looked like he was a bit fragile. Then mm -hmm. when he thought when he was working with Alex Ariza, who's obviously got a big kind of peds cloud over him, or you know, rumors in the business certainly. Um, and he looked absolutely phenomenal physically against Marcus Madonna when he was taking shots. His legs, his legs just looked so strong. He he, he had a great chin that night. It was a bit, it was a bit strange. I've got to be honest with you. When the height of the Freddie Roach stable. When the suspicion on the Freddie Roach stable was at his absolute height in that Ariza era, Khan looked phenomenal underneath him. Okay, but then you have to consider also the fact that what what these things can do, what performance-enhancing drugs can do, besides giving you, you know what I mean, the ability to train harder, it also psychologically, the confidence, is, it, it affects your confidence as well because you are, you, you are stronger and the odds are, I mean... That confidence that that he's and and the and the endurance that he's been able to build up because of those performance enhancing drugs, those things make him feel impervious. So he's his his mannerisms are different than a fighter who's just coming in like with his casual usual training routine. And I think that can that can um, that can affect our perception watching him. That affects our perception. Oh, he doesn't usually look this confident, or he, uh, or guess what? If he starts sucking wind, right? He's usually sucking wind by, you know, let's say the fourth or fifth round. He's not doing that now, so he's still up on his confidence. He's like, oh my god, these drugs really do work, or whatever it is. Sean says there are peds that assist with endurance. That is the one sub subject matter I have knowledge of. Because that's yeah. the thing, Silk. One yeah, thing we endurance, I agree. There are people who know vastly more about PEDs and yeah. sports medicine. No, but, 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 in, but endurance and and being hit are different things. Endurance, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like your muscular endurance. Like how long can you throw punches? How many times can you? How many punches can you throw without getting without becoming tired? Right. Yeah. And 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 once you get tired, you're more apt to quit. You just your resilience is gone. Like you you will quit. You will consciously quit. Um, because you are fatigued and you just feel like, you know what I mean? That yeah. you just don't have the ability anymore to continue. So that's what endurance is. But not, but not, it's not getting beat about the head and everything and, and it enhances that. But regardless, I suppose we can agree that um, the boxing does have a, does seem to have a pretty major drug problem in, in this era. And more than that, the administration testing process and disciplinary process is hopelessly convoluted i think maybe we could agree yeah. on that yeah um, yeah i think i think it, it absolutely is um 
you know, people are going to get it with, listen, boxing, the thing is with boxing, right? There are just so many different guys that are in the position that are, you got WBC, WBA, different, you got, you got the city commissions, the country commissions, athletic commissions. And, and the governing bodies, the regulatory bodies. The governing in, bodies, in yeah. And, yeah, and, and there's just so many different ways you can go, and, and um, that there needs to be some sort of consolidation and and even rules all the way around, because boxing is, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, is it getting hurt? Really, it doesn't seem to be getting hurt. Like the accusations and all the rest, the realizations are there, but it certainly doesn't seem like it's getting hurt. But to the purists, the guys like us who uh, and and the people that watch our show. We want to see that. That's what we want to see. We want to see real fighting. We want to see guys that you know do the work and 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 don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how else can we? Like, you can't rest easy and enjoy the sport when it's not when it's dirty. You can't. Yeah. You can't say, "Well, well, I would." We love want to see something inherently honorable, honorable, and beautiful. Exactly. And we yes. don't want it to be cynical. Yeah. Uh, bogus, disingenuous, and, and everything else. And because yeah. why would you want life to be like that? Well, what the hell? You, then yeah. you really are a cynic, and, and you know yeah. you've got no soul. Yeah, and you're you're putting you're putting ahead like you're putting ahead things that are less. I don't know. Um, you're putting things to the forefront that are more negative and and less. Um, you you can't be yeah. proud of people like that. You know what I mean? Like if, if they're coming back and they're testing positive or something, how can you say my fighter, the guy that, this guy that I admire, that I love that, you know what I mean? He's had hardship. Like you would never say that about Duran. Like you'd never say that about all these uh, Robinson. Ali or Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Ali Robinson. It's like, yo, these guys are clean. And Larry but, you would, but, but, but with Canelo and Roy Jones or, or Evander yes. Holyfield, people do have shadows. and people, I mean, Holyfield never got busted by the way, but you know what I mean? People do, People have their suspicions, and some people got popped yeah. for the world to see. Um, so there is, there is a, an a, I think you call it an asterisk. There's an asterisk next to that legacy, you know. Sometimes, but did you hear about Amanda Serrano last night? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No He's frozen again. Let's not let's not do another show like this where you Are you still here? Yeah, I'm here. Do you hear me? You froze. Yeah, you you just froze for a second. Did you uh, did you hear about Amanda Serrano last night? That's interesting. I did hear. Fill me fill me in on that. I don't know if I heard everything, but I heard. She something. was supposed to be defending. The, she's basically the undisputed. I don't know if it's featherweight or lightweight. She heard herself, that. right? She's the she's the undisputed champion at a particular weight, and she was just. But she gave up the WBC title a few months ago because they wouldn't let her box twelve three minute rounds. She was going to defend the rest of those titles in Puerto Rico, uh, our own land last night on the same bill as that Jake Paul clown and whoever he fought. And unfortunately, she she pulled out. She failed the doctor because of she had an exposed cornea. She They reckon she might have injured her eye by hair dye. 36 hours before the, the, the fight, as it were, 
hair dye might have leaked into her eye. That is the, the only explanation I've seen. And uh, she obviously turned, presumably she turned up at the venue hoping to get through the doctor anyway, still wanting to fight. She failed the doctor. And they, when the, the other girl came into the ring as if she was ready to fight and Serrano came in wearing a hooded like robe and, and shades saying, I'm so sorry, everybody, but it's not happening tonight. Yeah, um, that kind of, to me, that kind of raised a red flag. <laughs> I mean, I thought that, you know, maybe they, and I don't know, maybe that's just me, but maybe they did that and waited till the last second because they didn't want to kill the gate. But, well, there you go, because she is very popular, I imagine, yeah. in Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so if they announced it beforehand, no one's coming out in Puerto Rico to see Jake Paul at that rate. You know what I mean? I would, but, I would fucking hope not, Michael. You know, I, do you know what? Without, I, I'm really wary of mentioning his name too many times or giving him any shout out at all yeah. on our watch. But what I will say um, is that there seems to be very little interest in JP's fight last night, even the build-up all week. I was vaguely aware of it, but nobody seems to be talking about it, which I thought was great. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, after a while, people start to see through the smoke. And I think that's, um, you know, I think that's, that's admirable of us of us boxing people. We're just not going to give it that time anymore. Don't give it exactly. any time. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Gary wanted to talk about that stuff a few months ago. And if Gary had been on tonight, I was waiting for him to say, hey, what about Jake Paul? And then I'd be like, fuck that. We're not talking about that. Then you'd be just trying to be diplomatic in the middle somewhere. I'd be like, no, we're not. Don't want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, you know, so with, with Serrano, I mean, I, I don't want to play like uh, conspiratorialist or whatever they call it, but it does seem like, you know what I mean? You don't want to kill a live gate. The money's going to rule. And so wait till the last second because, I mean, yeah. that, that doctor's checkup, that happened like days before, doesn't it? Well, they said 36 hours before they were aware of an issue. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. The only other scenario I can think of where a fight was cancelled that late. Do you remember Mike Rossman and Victor Galindez, the rematch for which um, Galindez was, sorry, Rossman was waiting in the ring and in the dressing room, Galindez just said he wasn't coming. He didn't like the officials they had in Vegas and he said he wasn't fighting um, and he just didn't come. One guy's waiting for him in the ring and he didn't come. You know what's really interesting about the Galindez? Uh, well, that was Galindez Rossman. Yeah, yeah. What's really interesting about interesting to me about the Galindez Rossman is that I am going to try to get Marvin Johnson on this show. Well, go ahead. You told you've told me that. Let, let's you know. <laughs> that would be that would be absolutely cool. But I don't know his his state, and I'm sorry that I'm jumping I'm jumping bases here, but um, I. Hey, listen, who did not love Marvin Johnson? Right? Yeah. You just couldn't not like this guy. When incredible. you I mean when you say you don't know his state, he can't be much worse than you, and you get by every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to qualify with that. I, I know you're joking, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but you you wouldn't say you wouldn't say if you had a guy who was who was blatantly um, damaged, you wouldn't say it, would you? You, you really wouldn't. Yeah, no, you, no, you, you de definitely would not. But, um, uh, but uh, you know, this man had his character. He led with his character every single fight. He, he was just inc he was insane. I would love to get someone like Marvin Johnson, and I think that is the core of what we do. You know I want us to get to the press conferences more and to the big fights and to get us more content. 
because content earns you money and we all need a buck like everybody else, as Sugar Robinson said. But for me, <laughs> the core of what we do, and I don't care, I don't truly care that how many people are interested. When we get when we get uh, like a Mike Ayala or a Danny Romero or a Marvin Johnson, that is the core of what we do, I think, that nobody else is doing. When we get guys like that from, from what we remember as a golden era, and that's yeah. my favourite thing that we do. When we get someone, we're like, wow, because you're because you're because we're the fans, you know, mm -hmm. at that moment, you know, and yeah. um, and it may not do a lot of it may not do a lot of business a Marvin jo jo Johnson episode, but I don't care because I really want the guy like Marvin Johnson on the show, you know. Yeah, yeah, like talking to John Conte was really cool um, that you brought him through because he was somebody that lived in my imagination. His fights with you know Saab Muhammad and Amuda and all sorts of different fighters. Um, just the history of him, but Marvin Johnson is something um, really exceptional. Do you know he boxed Alan Minter in, in in London in the amateurs? Yeah, I know he was a middleweight, right? I didn't know he fought yeah. Alan Minter, but how how did that yeah. go? Minter won on on a dinner show, England versus USA at the um, I think it was at the London Hilton. Well, think about Alan Minter, which is really uh, you know exceptional about him. He had the ability to release his hands really quick. Like he didn't hesitate. Not now it's not even I'm not even talking about his hand speed, but just what happens with boxers is like there's there's a uh, the opportunity to punch and sometimes you overthink it and it causes you to hesitate. And when you hesitate, every time you hesitate in boxing, the opportunity is gone. Yeah. Alan Minter he was not he didn't hesitate. He, his release was extremely quick. Like Tommy Hearns is that kind of release. And, um, you know, yeah. there's no thought first. It's just like the opportunity's there. Bam. It's like this, I, I don't know, you know the, uh, kinetics of the brain. Do you know what was weird? I was thinking the other day without wanting to go, suggesting we go on forever with our stream of consciousness. But top, people often say nobody ever outboxed Tommy Hearns, right? Nobody yeah. ever outboxed Tommy. If you beat him, you had to beat him another way, right? Yeah, and but yeah, I went partly outboxed him. The second time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they fought on the inside a lot, didn't they? Which I'm not saying that's not outboxing, but... Yeah. Uh, they fought I on the inside a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of it. I don't remember all that well, but um, I, I just remember being surprised. Like... He countered. He actually countered and dropped Tommy Hearns with the left you know, hook. I was like, okay. Yeah, and it, you know what? I really like that second fight as well. I mean, the, the knockout in the first fight is fun because because Iran lands that double right hand, which is pretty yeah. spectacular. But uh, but I really like the second fight. It's one of those underrated fights to watch mm -hmm. and appreciate and learn from yeah. because of the things you said. You know, and I, to be fair, Iran does have one hell of a resume, really, considering he's considering he's not really spoken about that often when you his career really doesn't i mean if he's got you on it for a start that can't be bad but you know when you, you look <laughs> yeah. up, well he's got some spectacular wins but he's has some losses that that it's the low points yeah. you know what it's i mean we talk about consistency but yeah. um but in any case people said that almost nobody ever had box tommy hearns then let's say and yet i remember tim witherspoon also shaking his head woefully saying he had no defense because tim is very big on defense and tim yeah. was a smart yeah. smart guy like that and he yeah. said Tommy had no defense, but it's interesting isn't it? how someone can be so a sublime boxer who outboxes everybody, but but by in the opinion of another uh, defensive general has no defense. It's it's a yeah. bit of a um, like an, an anomaly, isn't it? Well, and that's because like there are different types of defenses, and, yeah. and Tommy, um, yeah, I remember um, I remember Howard Cosell saying. Uh, 
uh, what was this saying? Yeah, Howard Cosell had a saying for Tommy Hearns, like his defense, well, his defense is his offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that's and he causes you to hesitate. And and again, like I said, whenever you hesitate, that if you can cause a man to hesitate, that's one of the best defenses you could have. Yeah. And, and the thing is, the fight, the people that beat their uh, Hearns were the people that did not hesitate no matter what. So they were the more, you know, thicker skulled, you know, stronger, I wouldn't, resilient, I would say, um, individuals that like Hagler and Barkley, guys that can, that yeah. are well, right, and built. That can Ray, Ray, Ray Leonard went into the first fight with a certain plan, which he realized wasn't going to work after about five mm-hmm. rounds. Ray yes. thought, this is all very lovely. But I'm not going to get anywhere near him doing this, and the best I can do is get shot out and survive. Yeah, and uh-huh. obviously he was like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to hit this guy in the chin." And, yes, and and, so that, and that's the thing with um, Tommy; he makes you fight a. Uh, the guy's exceptional. He really is crazy, and 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 his is he hits so hard and he hits so fast and his releases so quick, he causes you not to get as active as you usually would as you usually would or what you're capable of. He yeah. makes you hesitate. Like his, you have to respect his power, but the guys who beat him were the guys who did not respect his power. But I, I will also say the guys that lost to him were the guys that didn't believe his power as well. So, yeah. you know. so you know, I want you to just read that comment from Sean B. I think this is Sean Graham here on Facebook, but I think. But I want you to read that comment because it's a nice comment. Uh, thank you, Sean. This level of knowledge, listening to this, should mean you guys get an A level in boxing. If you listen to it uh, to six weeks of it, uh, I need—I'm sorry, my eyes are really bad. Well, he's, he's just saying, yeah, need a wee so badly we don't want to miss any. He's basically saying anybody who watches us for six weeks should get an A level in boxing if they're really paying attention. Someone else said something as well. Maybe it was someone else said something nice that I would like to draw attention to again. Um, well, thanks, Sean. This podcast really is genuinely super listen. interesting and needs to be li- listened to so much more widely. Um, yeah, you know, so we're, yeah, we're starting yeah. to get there, Silk. It's a shame. It's a sh- you know what? It is more technical and more learned when Gary when Gary's here. It's more charismatic, and we've got three of us all vying for the to make ourselves heard. And I think we've got the most charisma and the most. My favourite version is when we're all on song is the three of us. But it probably is a bit more professorial when it's just me and you because we get into this more I, I think we get more into the technical side of things so we've got I guess we've got more time to speak I don't know I, I think you know obviously having more time to speak as well and Gary has uh, elaborate sentences that unending like uh, yeah. <laughs> no punctuation so you don't get him no Gary's absolutely great so I, I think you know I think we are at our best when there's the three of us going at it but um, and you know I, we're we have to fight for our time, um, but it's a good time. You know what I mean? And I, I, I really enjoy doing this and discussing boxing. I think it's something that all of us, like all three of us, love. We really yeah. love the sport, and we really, you know, love people. That, like the people that tune in on our show tend to love the sport too, and that's um, yeah. We haven't had we enjoy. haven't had too much idiot infiltration yet. Uh, you know, the more popular we get, you will have to deal with that, but. But the core of people who are tuning into this twice a week are pretty clever themselves, you know, and they're pretty clued up on, on the whole thing, which which is great. But um nobody so really I'm goes saying, too far off. To, and I don't know if we're gonna do a silk. I don't know if we're gonna do a show next Friday because the Joshua and Ganner will be happening as we <laughs> so I'm not sure how we'll play that. Uh, because we'll be watching it, won't we? We'll be tuning into it. So Yeah, yeah. Um 
yeah, unfortunately, uh, we really can't. Can we do uh, like a live, like when the fight is on itself? Are we allowed? We, could do, a, we can do a watch along. We've never done that. We can do that, you know, so we can do yeah. it. People do it and they have success with them. It's yeah. a thing where if you've got a YouTube channel and you have a fan base, you do a watch along where basically we're not allowed to broadcast the fight in any sense, but we can all be watching it. No one will watch it. And we can, we can do, do you want to try our first watch along on Friday? <laughs> yeah, I guess we could do that. It'll be kind of that'd be kind of fun. I mean, yeah, but, we, so we everybody knows what we're talking about. We're all watching it as long as, but no one can see it in the actual yeah. screen. It, they, they're just us talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we can comment uh, along as we're as we're seeing it in real time. Sounds What's cool. It, somebody me. said I got your channel from when you appeared on the Undefeated Boxing Podcast. This is a great weekly show. Thanks. That's th thanks, Jeb. Jeb, grab. Um, yeah, I appeared on the Undefeated Boxing Podcast um, with Travis J, who's a friend of mine, a good guy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was. So it's interesting to know the different way avenues people come from because yeah. you know. But um, that, so we're going to try. Frustrating, watch that's a frustrating style to fight, jab, jab, grab. It's yeah, it's funny how these people get these creative YouTube handles. I mean, was he a fan of Vladimir Klitschko, or maybe? Or... <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I'm going to look into the timing for the ring walks next week, right, Silk? And then we'll okay. look into the possibility of doing a watch-along because that will be a lot of fun. I'll make sure you're hooked up so you've got a stream or whatever or however you'll be watching it. We'll make sure that's facilitated. Make sure, make sure you give me the Michael Jackson effect like I had today. What, that was the... the, the like you kept saying, how it, it didn't matter if I was black or white. It would... Yeah, you you, you kept get you. It's still been flickering all the time. Now I think <laughs> I don't know what's going on. What it looks like is there's a television on, and so you know when it does that when the television. Oh is, yeah, yeah. How big do you think what, the that's TV it, is now? That's the effect you're getting. If you could possibly fix that at some point in the next millennium, that would be great. <laughs> well, well, what if people? I mean, some people may like it. It's uh, it's kind of like an aura. It's more like an aura, isn't it? Like there's this. Yeah, I want us to be a bit more professional, so we look. But maybe the charm of it. You no know one, you know, ben, you know when we're going to be, you know when we're going to be exceptionally professional. When? When we're getting paid for it. Like I knew you'd say that. Well, listen. <laughs> that's exactly what professional means. That's all it means. But you hey. need to understand that we need to build it, not just me sharing it. You guys share it because you know I've been very transparent with you about the monetization. We've earned a little bit of money right now, and we've yet to divide it because because it's not it's not worth splitting yet. You know that's where we're at. We don't mind disclosing that. But but <laughs> you could be making you could be making some decent money from this channel, but you've got to push it too. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I it's just been you know I there have so many. Different projects. I, I get how busy you are. The, listen, the main thing I'm glad about, regardless of that, we will get there. We're, we're already doing well. Really grateful to you guys shooting into us. And we've done this for over a year now, Silk. Already, we're, I'm looking at back episodes we did with Virgil Hill was over a year ago. So yeah. we, I think we've stuck to this pretty consistently. And I'm glad we have because you need to give something about, you know, a good six months or a year before you get any momentum. And sometimes projects fizzle out. They seem like a good idea at the time and they fall by the wayside. This hasn't. This has grown. We've gained a stretch to the sugar and silk, and uh, and we've got a night. We've got a cool fan base. So um, you know, we we will get there. And then, so you're saying when you when you're earning good money, you're going to fix that flickering light thing, yeah? Deal. Well, then I then I, I guess I can get into a studio because like this is just a basic light on me, and I don't understand why it would be going black and white. I don't know what you're seeing that makes it so hard. 
It's just you, you're just fading in and out. If, if if this was a professional studio, someone would say someone light up a larger day and 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 leave him like that. That's the one. That is the look. That's what we need. But in a minute, you're going to be dark again. I know. Okay, but, but I'm looking at you right now, and I see your right cheek is lit, and I see your left side is unlit. That's so true. It's like my, light, a, um, my lighting is not perfect, but what it is is consistent silk. It doesn't change. Oh, I'm not saying it's the best you lighting you in the world. Mind to be consistently bad or consistently good, but not flicking back and forth. This is the, definitely the only podcast where you're going to get this kind of discussion, guys. I, I feel that we've we've d descended into the level of frippery at this point. So we're going to look into this watch along. Quite an exci quite excited about the idea of making that happen next week. Um, so we're going to keep you posted. Um, keep spreading the word. Be lucky. Keep punching. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Ciao. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.